The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, 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 Los Angeles and everywhere else. Oh, hello, Tamman. We're in Los Angeles, but we could be in Nashville. (laughs) That is where our guest for today currently is. Oh my gosh. Oh my can I tell you how excited I am to talk to her? I'm more excited than you. Oh my god, no, I don't think so. I feel like we both have sung her songs to each other since we got in here. (laughs) Which is super weird and a little awkward. But but. it's always good. Well, today we have Miss Colby Calais. We do that for every guest. We give a little bit of a a song that we make up. So, hi, Colby. Hi, how are you? We are good. We're better for speaking to you. So, so excited. So, I have a a funny little anecdote before we get started. Um, The way that I kind of found out about Miss Colby Calais years ago, um, probably around the time when Bubbly came out back in 2007, you know that game that's called Celebrity Doppelganger? Now picture it, 2007. So we're talking 12 years ago, oh my longer gosh. blonde hair. That was my that you, was my sweet spot. I should never I mean, have right, gotten older. <laughs> right? That's the thing. And you know how normally when you play this game, you get like a really awful person yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do I really look like that person? I can't tell you. So many people said, you look like Colby Calais. And I was like, at the time, I didn't know what you look like. So then I looked you up and I was, of course, You're like, thank thrilled. goodness. Because <laughs> yeah. when someone says that you look someone like, and you're like, right. uh, no, I I'm don't. like, uh, that is extreme <laughs> flattery to me. Thank you so much. I hope she's not pissed if she ever finds out about this. <laughs> but kind of a great thing. And then from there, found out about all your amazing music. Miss Bubbly. Bubbly, bubbly. I love that song. Bef- oh, my thank gosh. Thank you for being here. Okay, yes. We're so excited. Thank you so much for being here. We are so so happy. Um, so basically, just to kind of give the audience a background, if they don't know already, you know, you rose to fame through MySpace, which was so hot, like, in the early 2000s. Um, you were the number one unsigned artist of your genre. And um, after signing with Universal Republic Records, you released your debut album, Coco, um, which is actually your nickname, too, which is a clever, super cute nickname in July 2007. <laughs> so tell me about, like, that whole time when you found fame on MySpace and, like, what that felt like. Was it overwhelming? Were you super excited? Were you nervous? Tell us about that. Well, yeah. I mean, all of those things. Um, I mean, for starters, I was I was very lucky that it happened the way that it did for me. But um, because I was I was a, a shy teenager who had stage fright, who uh, really didn't want to be an entertainer. But um, I liked writing songs and I loved singing. And my parents were in the music industry, so they you know helped give me all the tools and taught me about songwriting and. Um, the you know my friend from high school put my songs up on MySpace. I just had these demos that I recorded for fun, uh, and they put or my my friend put my uh, songs on MySpace, which I had no idea what social media was. I wasn't on Facebook, which I mean even at that time that was brand new. So it was all just this crazy whirlwind that happened. And um, my friend Dom put like three of my songs up there, and people started adding my songs to their profile page and, um, you know, they would change their wallpaper, like all that kind of (laughs) bizarre stuff. And, um, and over like six months, uh, I just started growing a fan base from people all over the world. And I had no clue that it was, that it could even happen that way. Um, 
And then I became uh, on the top unsigned artist charts and then everything just changed. It was the, it was such an instant thing. I was not prepared for it, to be honest with you. And it was a very challenging 10 years um, of my career, you know, because I, I was lucky to be able to do it, but I was, I was not mentally or mm-hmm. physically ready for it. So mm. crazy. Did you put your songs on MySpace because you just loved music and you wanted your peers and your colleagues and your friends to see what you were doing? Or do you think it was intentional that you wanted to make this into your career? Because your father, um, Ken Calais, actually co-produced Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. So you have been around, um, and Tusk and Marat, so, so many different albums. So you've been around mm-hmm. music your whole life. Did you feel like it was something that was inevitable? That's what you wanted to do? Or did you just were you just having fun with it at the time when you were um, uh, uploading your songs on MySpace? <laughs> Well, I really was just having fun with it. Um, I, I know that when I was like in, you know, school, elementary school and high school, when you'd like have to write down what you want to be when you grow up, I would always say I wanted to be a singer or a photographer in Africa, like very specific. Um, very different. And <laughs> I, I did, um, I, I was 19. I, my parents, I had been taking vocal lessons for a few years. And then when I was 19, I took my first guitar lesson and I wrote my first song. And then uh, I think like, I don't know, a year later, maybe six months later, my friend Jason Reeves moved to California and he moved into uh, our house. I was living with my parents and we started writing these songs for fun every day. And we went down the street to my dad's friend's studio who uh, recorded our songs for fun. It was honestly just, we'd write a song, we'd go in that day and record it. And then we planned to our friends and that friend of mine from high school put my songs. He made me a MySpace page. He put the songs up there. I literally had nothing to do with it. I had no intention for what was to happen with it. So, um, it, I was truly lucky how everything fell into place. And then, um, you know, when I got offered a record deal, my parents were very involved in like, you know, they were protective of me and they were, they helped me get a band together and, and interview, a manager and have a right, like a solid team that was trustworthy to be, you know, you know, with me on this, like embarking on this new adventure. And that next year I went on tour with the Goo Goo Dolls. Like it happened in all of it in like a year and like two months span uh, mm-hmm. for me, like working at a tanning salon to then being mm-hmm. on traveling the world. It was, it was bizarre. So what happened to you like mentally and emotionally when you shot to fame so quickly? Like, were you able to handle it? Did it ever feel like it was too much or overwhelming? How did it feel to you? And how how, Uh, you were young too, very young. Yeah, I was 20 and I was, uh, I was almost 21. And no, I, because of the stage fright, um, it was, it was quite torturous. I know it sounds like it sounds crazy to hear that, but I, I would cry every day before I go on stage mm-hmm. or I would, you know, a minute before I'd be on live TV. Um, like I remember uh, my first time on the today show and I was shaking and the cameras were on us and they were like counting down and my guitar player, he was like looking at me and like, they had to pull me aside, like to, to compose myself. Cause I was like, what am I doing? This is, this mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so that's how, it, that's how, you know, most of the tours went and most of my TV performances, but I will say I got a stage coach that helped me work through it. And I had a wonderful team around me that felt, you know, that, that was encouraging. And the ultimate thing is I love, I love singing and I love writing songs. It's very therapeutic for myself. And then 
it's really special when people around the world hear your music and can relate to it. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you're not alone in what you're going through and and it's helping them feel like they're not alone as well. So as, as challenging as it was for me, I'm so glad that I stuck, I stuck with it and got through it because I do enjoy performing now. And, um, it, it was just a long road. So I used to sing back in the day. I think I sold like 10 albums, not 10 million, and they were all in my family. (laughs) But the one thing that I could never shake off is that when I was on stage, I felt like such a rush of adrenaline. I felt invincible and euphoric. And then when I came off stage, I always felt let down. Um, I I felt like I'd used all my endorphins and it felt like a really lonely place to be. Did that ever happen to you, especially on your bigger tours? Because that adrenaline at some point definitely wears, wears your emotional and mental state. You know, it's interesting because I, it, every, every time I perform, even to this day, it usually, I'm always a little hesitant to go on stage. And then it takes like two songs before I start getting comfortable and realizing, oh my God, this is fun. And everyone in the audience is singing along and having a good time. Like, what are you scared of? And then by the time the show's almost over, I don't want to get off the stage. I'm like, this is rad. Mm -hmm. But somehow I, the next day it happens, it starts all over at square one. I'm like, should I really go on? Should I be doing this show? Or the first song, this is tough. And then, you know, after song three, I'm like, all right, this is cruising. Why, why do I, like my, my mind is trained to like, think it's something I don't want to do, but yet I do, I do end up enjoying it. So mine, it was, might be actually a little opposite of like, uh, I get off stage and I'm like, oh gosh, that was great. I, I do want to do it again. And right. then and then the next day I forget. <laughs> it's just our, our brains are so strong. It's like it's so hard to untangle those, re, to mm-hmm. rewire those grooves, you mm-hmm. know? Like even I'm doing improv, I told um, Roxy, and every time I get on stage, I like want to vomit. <laughs> so I get it. And <laughs> oh I'm vom- I, before I met you today I'm on the phone, I, I wanted to vomit too. So we, we, yeah. So I get <laughs> so it. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I love, love, love your song try. And it really struck a chord with me as I've dealt with my own body image issues and sort of like body dysmorphia. Um, And you said, you know, you said about your song, Try, it's the song that I've had in my head my entire life about personal insecurities, imperfections, self-confidence issue. Um, So where do those insecurities come from? Do you still have those issues now or have you dealt with them? Tell us about that kind of genesis. Well, I'm glad you liked the song and, and thank you for what you said about it. And yes, I mean, I, I think, um, I say it a lot every time I perform the song, it's something that I think is a daily, um, a daily struggle. And I think it's for every person around the world, whether we're male or female, whatever age we are, um, there's always these uncertainties and, um, we're, I, I maybe, maybe there's some people that never worry what other people think of them, but for me, no, it is still there. And I, I still do, stress about it often but every time I especially when I'm on stage it's actually incredible I I started realizing when I would mess up on stage and then I would acknowledge it the audience would love it and Mm -hmm. right then instantly I would I would feel the pressure gone and the rest of the show would be incredible Mm -hmm. and it's when you when you are you know allow yourself to be vulnerable and open Mm -hmm. and um, acknowledge your mistakes that people uh, you know they they it's like a a form of forgiveness and, and actually it makes them feel more comfortable watching you. So, um, I think that's something that I've learned, like with my insecurities is now even up on stage, I'll let people know what I'm worried about that day or that I'm still self-conscious about, you know, 
you know, my, my personality, I'm an introvert. It's really hard to be on stage mm-hmm. and to, to have conversations with people. And then once I, I say that somehow I become extra chatty on stage and right. mm-hmm. I open up to the crowd even more. So, uh, I will say it's, it is a daily struggle and it's also something that I, I work on every day. And then I'm, you know, rewarded with like, feeling comfortable in my skin. Um, but it does, it, it is a challenge. That's sort of like the essence of human uh, connection, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like showing your vulnerability. It's very universal. Yeah, it's very universal because everybody is going through something. And Nobody... it's so wonderful that you mm-hmm. talk about it too. Yeah, right? It's really nice that people talk about it and like, or that you talk about it when you're a public person like that because I think it's very easy for people to see you on stage or see you in a magazine and say, oh my God, her life looks so perfect. She's, you know, this amazing singer, Mm -hmm. songwriter, got so much going for her. But in reality, I mean, we're all human, right? We all deal with shit. And it feels lonely sometimes when you're suffering in silence. And I think that's why it's important to use these types of platforms to talk about things that really do matter because you do find connections, um, to other people who are also struggling. So I always felt like in the music business that, you know, a lot of musicians turned to drugs and alcohol because they were so, like you said, anxious, feeling vulnerable, uh, having low self-esteem. Um, how were you able to not fall into that and to rise above um, those kind of temptations? Well, I think it's, um, I think everyone has different weaknesses and and different, you know, forms of addiction or or, or coping, um, you know, tendencies. And I, for me, I was never, um, there's like a history of drinking in my family. And I, I've never, like, I, I I like to drink and I like to have fun sometimes, but it's never, it was never something that I, I felt like I needed to turn to, but I think I had other things that I turned to. Like I get, um, you know, I, I love sweets. I love food. So I, that's your thing. Myself, <laughs> yeah. I got it. Um, <laughs> sweets is what? better than, sweets is better than, you know, heroin is better. Right. I swear. Hey, I'm always looking to <laughs> shove a donut in my yeah. mouth, yeah. you know. We're eating a donut right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me the donut. Give me those snacks. <laughs> but yeah. I had a donut yesterday. Yay. <laughs> that makes me so happy uh, that you also love donuts. Eat the donuts. food. Eat, eat the, the food. food. Eat the food. I know. I always tell, I always say, you know, in my 20s and like younger, you know, I'd always worry about God. You know, I can't have this. I can't do that. I was mm. so restrictive with myself. Now I'm like, fuck it. Just eat the I know. The and you get older and you're yeah, like, oh my gosh, donut. I'm exercising five hours right. like a week. And I still might, I still have like those chicken arms. It's like, it's never <laughs> going to go away. So we should just enjoy the food. Enjoy life, right? <laughs> you know, but it should I mean, be. It's just about moderation and being healthy. And, right. uh, you know, my sister told me like, it's about finding where you, where you live. Like we can all always want to lose an extra 10 pounds, but that's not where we're going to stay. So so why don't we find a place that we're comfortable living at that's healthy that we're not going to be beating ourselves up every day for? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Long- and it, it's, again, it's a freeing feeling to not be just constantly limiting yourself and judging yourself um, because we all think that everyone, again, is looking at us. They're all worried about what what people are thinking of them. So um, it's just a vicious cycle. but. Mm-hmm. I always slowly working on it, you know. Yeah. I always say as long as it's not a way of escapism. You know, whatever mm-hmm. we're doing as long as it's a way 
as long as it's not a way to run away. Because I say that to my husband every time we have a fight. He goes for like the Cheetos and he goes for, I'm like, you're running away from our problems. We need to talk about this. You can't just eat your feelings away. But the and he's Cheetos like, but I have down. no other way to escape. And I'm like, just leave the house. Um, so he escapes into his bag of Cheetos. Um, so as long as it's not that, and it's uh, from a positive, I know they're so good. So good. Um, um, so Colby, okay, who do you fangirl over? Like, is it Beyonce us. or Adele? I mean, or us. Or us, or this your, podcast. Your, your doppelganger right here, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know what's so funny is I've, um, well, I actually, you said Beyonce, and I did get to meet Beyonce at the Grammys uh, many years back. And I remember my dad was with me, and I, I went up to her bodyguard and asked if I could say hi. Like, she was in her seat next to Jay-Z. And she got up, like, right when I was asking him, and um, they both came and said hi. And she knew who I was and said I had a beautiful oh, wow. voice. And I was like, what is going on? I was. <laughs> did she sing out. Bubbly? She I bet she did. Oh, my God. That would have been die? amazing. Imagine she came up and just started singing, like, Bubbly, bubbly or, or Lucky or anything. <laughs> you would have been like, what is happening? Someone has spiked my Yeah, drink. no, it, it, it was amazing. Um, and I will say I, I did. I was lucky to get to meet um, Jennifer Aniston when I was on oh, tour with John oh. Mayer and she watched my show side stage and I'm a giant friends fan. So like, it was just, it was the coolest thing, but Dying. I walked off stage and she said hi and wanted to talk to me. And <sighs> I, I'm again, introvert, shy, awkward. I was like, I just said hi. And I said, I love, I loved her or something. <laughs> and I removed myself from the conversation <laughs> yeah. and I just, I, I left because I couldn't, I was like, I'm scared to meet one of my, <laughs> yeah. you know, favorite actresses in the world so the greatest thing is everyone has an, everyone has an idol yeah. you know I'm mm -hmm. sure Beyonce has her idol and I always say yeah. like everyone goes to the bathroom I know that's really weird to think but I'm like we're all we're all the same level plane like we all get <laughs> stomach aches we all go to the bathroom totally. we all you know Have, sneeze we mm -hmm. all throw up like we all <laughs> scream sometimes and cry like we're BO, all so, all of we it all have BO. I mean I have BO <laughs> right now um but yeah we all we're Definitely. all much more alike than we are different, different. Um, so in 2008, you recorded Duet with Jason Mraz, who I got through a really tough time in my life. I was doing this movie and I was like, I love the song. So, I mean, I, I don't want to sing it because I'll be so embarrassed. Maybe you can sing it to me and then my <laughs> dreams will come true. And I've fangirled out over you. Um, but like, do you ever go into those duets and kind of start feeling things for people? Because as an actor, I always know that when I have to kiss people on uh, on stage or in a film or a TV show, it's hard to not feel something because you're kind of professing your love um, to them. And it's like your body kind of wants to go in that direction. Well, yes. I mean, that absolutely does happen with people you work with. Uh, that did not happen with me and Jason. It was, it was <laughs> it. friends. And um, so, yeah, but no, I mean, but that's how me and my fiance met. He was, uh, he was a friend. And then I asked him to join my band when I went on my first tour in 2007. And then three years later, we fell in love after being friends and working together for so long and, you know, getting to know each other and having that like foundation and um so yes i mean i it i think i do think that's the best when you can you can get to know someone on that level and then fall in love with them and and we actually our anniversary is in two days it will be oh. 10 years which is really oh my god cool. oh, what's, okay so what's your plans any big plans we'll be there no we <laughs> we'll be outside with cheetos taking a trip but we we uh we're always traveling we travel together which is really cool because we're in a band together but mm -hmm. um we think we're just going to stay home with our dogs and just hang out 
I don't know if you ever want to have kids, but when you have kids, like Roxy and I, I mean, my 15th anniversary came up and we ate frozen pizza in bed because we're like, our children aren't on top of us. This right. is the most romantic thing we have done in five years. We just held hands and ate frozen pizza. And that's what happens when you have children. I'm like, there's no one touching no me one. right now. And I was like, don't touch me, Sean. Don't touch me. So have you, okay, Colby, coming up the ranks and everything, did you ever have like a famous like male crush? Like, were there any like male celebrities? Is that before you got, you know, engaged and met your um, fiance? Was there anybody um, that you were like? Yeah, and still is. And I vocal about it. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, and I just don't think yes. he's the cutest Romeo, thing. Romeo, where is right, so Romeo, cute. deny thy father and refuse thy name. I swear. <laughs> I love, I used to like pretend I was Claire Danes. Oh my God. No, oh, that yeah. he is. He's a really good one. Who's yours, Tam? Who's your like celebrity It crush? was Leonardo DiCaprio and Dean Kane. <laughs> Dean used to love Dean Kane. Yes, but I was like, you know, 10 or whatever. But I used to like put him on the face of all my books and like draw hearts over it. And then I used to call myself Tam and Vincent Valentine. I was like, that's going to be my stage oh my name. God. TVV, Tam and Vincent Valentine. And I'm going to be a star. Um, yeah, that was uh, That was then. That was the who's, who's now? Uh, uh, yeah, who's uh, your now? I kind of like the guy from The Affair. Have you seen that show? Oh, the guy it? that keeps having The Affair. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's just so sexy. I don't know. He's so oh, sexy. Oh, that's so good. You know who mine is? Who? He's, I, oh, I've had the same two for like, you like old. 20 years. I do like men. the older. Like six-year-old men. It's Brad Pitt and Keanu oh, Reeves. That's so obvious. I know. I just oh, like him like that. Really? Pretty, yeah. Like, that's kind obvious. Of like a little, but kind of rugged. Like Sam Elliott. Pretty. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it should be something like that. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna have from the Goo Goo Dolls. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) So you've been with your fiance for ten years. Do you want to have a family, or are you smart (laughs) (laughs) and want to live your life Uh, to the best of its ability? (laughs) And tell us all about it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh well, that's the thing. I've all like I always thought I wanted kids. I always thought like when I was younger, I want three kids or whatever. And um, Justin and I, we we just keep pushing the time frame back yeah. that we yeah. think we would want them and I mean I I don't know I'm I'm not I'm 34 now and I I just uh I feel like maybe in a couple years I might change my mind but right now I'm not on the kid train mm-hmm. but I know that'll probably change and we're also open to adopting like I think it would be That's smart really mm-hmm. cool to adopt and you don't have and to give someone a good life so push a watermelon out of we'll something right. the size of a lemon you don't have to do that so that's smart oh that's honestly terrifying to me you guys are i mean you and your fiance are so busy the new band gone west yay super gone excited west. we sing everything that we're excited about gone west. West. and you made that jump from like <laughs> a standalone kind of um artist to doing this country band so what was sort of like the impetus of that well i always wanted to be in a band um like it you know kind of stems from me not uh, having the stage fright and not necessarily like wanting that solo career by myself. Cause I, I thought it, it was just a lot of pressure. And so I always thought it was fun when I saw bands on stage together or doing interviews together, it just seemed like you had people to celebrate with and people to go through the hard times with. And, um, a few years ago I, I was taking a little break. It was after, um, I had released my album and I was like, you know, I, I don't want to tour anymore right now. I want to try some more new. So Justin and I moved to Nashville and our friends, Jason and Nellie, who are in Gone West, um, they lived here and they showed us around the town and introduced us to all their friends and musicians. And it was just a really cool experience for me because I had never lived anywhere besides California. 
Yeah. And um, in in being here, we we just figured like, well, sh- this we're always writing together and singing together. Should we just start a band and and see what happens? And so we wrote one song and and didn't put pressure on it. Just thought if we like it, we'll keep going. And that's what we did. And so we wrote for a year and we uh, recorded the album the past year. And now we're out doing, you know, radio tour and our first singles out and our video comes out next week. And it's a really cool thing because we're, you know, we're two couples. They're a married couple. And me and Jason have been working together for 14 years. He's the one I wrote my first album, Coco, with and, um, and a lot of my songs ever since. So it's a really new thing, uh, fun thing for me to experiencing right now. So cool. So your latest single, What Could Have Been, is about a failed romance and um, the video. Who's it about? I know. Who's it about? Who's it about? Give me the goss. Give me the goss. Give us the goss. It definitely was an ex-boyfriend. We know. We know. (laughs) I know. It's so funny because we're, we're actually, it's every song on our album basically is like a breakup or a heartbreak or something. And everyone's like, how is that possible? You guys are two happy couples. (laughs) And uh, Uh. the thing is, is we have a lot of friends that we're, we write about that are actually, you know, one friend's in a difficult marriage right now. One, one friend went through a divorce and the other friend went through a a breakup after seven years. And we, you know, we tapped into what they were going through. And for this song in particular, actually our friend, Jamie Kenny, who we wrote the song with, um, it was about, uh, an ex of his that, you know, he still, you know, thinks about at times and thinks, you know, what if I had done little things? What if we had each done small little changes? What would the outcome have been? Would we still be together? And could we all think of that as a learning lesson of maybe now in our relationship, you know, instead of going to bed angry, if just one person were to reach their hand over and just, you know, a soft touch and letting you know that like the love is still there, maybe you wouldn't wake up angry and maybe you wouldn't continue fighting. And, um, and so when he told us this concept, we all could instantly relate because, we've, you know, we've all been through breakups, but Justin and I, we broke up for eight months, um, a, a few years into our relationship and Nellie and Jason, they broke up for a little bit. And I think we, you know, everyone has experienced that, that sense of regret and maybe they could have done something better and yeah, the if, outcome would change. If my husband just put the toilet seat down. <laughs> <laughs> or close the toothpaste. I mean, down. there must be, I mean, are there anything annoying, is there anything annoying that your, oh. um, your man does? I mean, there's a few things. What is what is your man doing? Oh my Roxy? god! He because le- he'll uh, you know at some point he, the the bathroom, up? he leaves the toilet seat up yeah. and then I always go to the bathroom after him in the middle of the and night. it's cold and, and it's, it's cold on your butt and it's wet yes. and it's like oh my and god! Like, I know. <laughs> my, hus- I mean, my I husband. I think they all do that and it's uh, I that just that irks oh. me. So my husband much. was raised um, by a woman. They get annoyed. They yeah. have to move the seat, the toilet seat, yeah. but oh. we're the ones that have to stay on it. So it's my disgusting. husband was raised by a woman. So he actually always puts it down, which I love. But the one thing that I hate that he does is he always moves my stuff. So like, I'll put my, like my bag and my computer in a specific area. So I know where it is and it will disappear. And oh. we'll have such big fights over the fact that he'll move my stuff. And he's like, just put your stuff away. And I'm like, it's in a very specific spot. Anyway, There's so relationships. So you are- Yeah, pre- Justin, he eats chips. Uh-huh. And somehow it's very messy, and like sometimes it's like bring chips to bed when we're watching TV, and I'm like oh. crumbs are there, and then they poke you in the middle of the night. 
everywhere. Yes. What do they so. poke you with, Roxy? <laughs> She's like, well, you know. Well, we'll poke the, the chips poke you. Sorry, sorry. I got a little confused for a second. But we get ants in our bed because the ants eat the chips. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, no. And you're like, what? I prefer other no, things to be poking me, not the chips. but it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about groups. No, I get ants on my, yeah. You do? Yes. Oh, jeez. No, that's house not a house is older. It's disgusting. Oh. We live in a trash heap. Just kidding. <laughs> Spiders and out here. We live in a shanty town. We do. We do. This is where I live, where we're recording this podcast. So you're performing at the Kaboom Music Festival September 15th. Um, we are super excited. What can the fans expect to see from that performance at the festival? Uh, well, I'm excited. I haven't played Kaboom before. And, you know, I'm from Southern California. I love San Diego. And um, the lineup is incredible that whole weekend. Um, I actually haven't played my own solo show for, I don't know, uh, I don't know, eight months or or something like that. So I'm I'm excited to have my band back and and play my old songs and be in Southern California in the most perfect weather. And um, I, I'm just gonna be playing, you know, a ton of my songs from all my previous records. And um, Justin is also playing with me, so that'll be fun. Next. He'll be there as well. Are you guys going to come to the show? Yes, yes we are. We are. You We're going to leave our kids at home. You will see us. We'll be <laughs> drunk as a skunk yeah. in the front row. Right. Right. Let's have a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Let's do this for sure. Um, so you mentioned you were touring, you know, doing a radio tour now. But like in all of your years of, of touring, what is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you? She's like doing this oh, podcast. God, no. She's like accepting. Talking to you too? Yeah, exactly. Accepting <laughs> to do this show. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no, one time in, um, we were in Asia and I, I was singing where I was, it was like this mall and it was just this packed mall. I don't know why, why we were playing at a venue like this, but, um, and I forgot every single word to one of my songs. And I mean, every oh, single word, no. I was just mumbling it and like no. the, the whole way through and I was mortified because I didn't know what to do and and at that time I was new so I was I didn't have that realization of like saying hey I messed up I forgot I just kind of went through it and it was super awkward and I remember no. just beating myself up for it um and you know there's a lot of times I've I've forgotten the words especially to like my song bubbly at the beginning and like on TV or something. Uh -huh. And that those times I would just like, I would cringe. Cause you get in your head then, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. even though you do know the song, you've obviously sung it a million times. Once you think you don't yeah. know something, you kind of go bl blank completely. I've done that. Um, I was on yeah. a radio show and uh, not a radio show, a TV show and was live. And they asked me a question about something and I literally <laughs> couldn't talk. And it's the, the scariest oh, thing ever. And so uh. I just said nothing. I was like, yeah, sorry. What was the question? And I was like, yeah, yeah. That was it. That's how I answered the question. Oh, so, so it is so embarrassing. So I feel you. Uh, I feel you. You know, you can always tell too when somebody's that's happened to me. That's a good way to buy time too. When you don't know what you're saying is, oh, can you say so that the question, question again? Because <laughs> I, when I'm on the red totally. carpet, when I'm on the red carpet interviewing people, I notice that they do. You know, they're like, "We'll say that again," or they'll say, "Oh, that's a great question." Yeah, and it buys you, but it works because it, it, it buys you the time. extra time. You know, if you weren't being, <laughs> if you weren't a musician, what would you do? Um, I would love to be an interior designer, I think, oh. uh, interior decorator and photographer. Um, oh. I, also, I love working with animals, so I would probably, I mean, I still might do this, but I want to have a, a rescue somewhere. Oh my God, let's do it together. Animals. This is you and, and your rescue. You know that I I've rescued rescues. too many dogs. I have like five dogs at home, which is illegal in LA, <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah. I hope no, every time they're like, how many dogs do you have? I'm like, 
You're Three, like, you're two. Like, There's two that are registered, <laughs> <Yeah>. and they <laughs> all look the same, so I can kind of interchange them a bit. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is this is Sydney and Honey. It's the same dog. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, one just got a little bigger. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like See, she ate a little much. But that makes me so happy because we love rescue here. Why so don't you guys just go and I know do we need to run away. And, rescue. Okay, we're gonna do our Project. own rescue. <laughs> Thanks, Roxy. Yeah, right. Just cutting me out right now. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Tamman. Well, third maybe wheel, you can join. Third okay, third wheel. <laughs> do you feel like getting older as a, do you feel like getting older as a woman in the music business is difficult cuz I feel like you know when you become a mom like everything your whole body starts changing even your mind starts changing your priorities like and as you get older it's hard on your body to like want to keep being in this business when it is so people look at that sort of thing you know do you feel like getting older as a woman is harder I mean yeah there's definitely like I I'm 34 and I've already, I already have so many gray hairs and I'm not exaggerating. Like so many gray hairs. Like it's a, it's an issue. Um, and I'm so mad. My sister's five years older and she doesn't have any, but my mom went gray early. So I, I have, I have those Mm. genes, but, um, it goes back to the, like the thing with what I have to remind myself with, you know, my song try is like, it, it really doesn't matter. And I, I don't want to become, um, affected by, you know, the pressures of like, I, I hate that I see a lot of women that have, um, you know, felt like they've needed to alter themselves and, and constantly do work or some, some form of altering to their, to their skin, their face, their hair, their bodies. And, um, I know it's pressures that we all go through and, and contemplate. And I, I just really, I've been trying to allow myself, um, the understanding of just like, you know, we're all aging and it's completely fine and it's actually beautiful. And there's, mm-hmm. as long as you're living a healthy lifestyle, um, aging is a beautiful process and I know there's high definition cameras and there's people judging on the internet and whoever watches, but, um, I really am trying to not let it affect my, um, my daily thoughts and me, you know, getting ready to go out of the house or doing a music video or go on stage, whatever it may be. I I'm truly trying to just let it be what it is and, and feel comfortable and in that. So, um, it's funny. That's what I'm, that's my process. You know, it's funny. I always say that um, aging is a privilege and it's not one that everybody gets. So we should really yeah. embrace it. I mean, I still don't want gray hair. You know, that's the thing. I know. Remember, I found one down there. Yeah, she did. Oh, I found one down there. Tamman and I was did. like, I cried for about three and a half weeks. I was like, what is going on? Because oh, no. you, get, you go gray kind of everywhere, don't you? Yeah, I think so. But th- I mean, think about it this way. You don't have a gray hair on your head. I so do. No I dye it. them. Oh, my. Well, I can't dye that one gray hair. That would be weird and awkward. Be like to my waxer. Excuse oh, me. My, my So my hairdresser, I've been I've been pulling my some of my gray hairs from the top of my head because they're pissing me off. And then now they're growing up, they're sticking straight up. And so he yelled at me that I've been doing that. And he's like, imagine you're 34. If you keep doing that for years to come, you're going to start balding because you're pulling your hair out. And I was like, you know what? I just, I didn't even think about the long term. I was just like, Oh, this one's bothering me or this one's noticeable. And then, you know what? Fine. I'm just going to let it grow out the way that it is. (laughs) And yes, I, I dye my hair occasionally because it's, it's fun and whatever, but, um, I'm not going to, I think I'm going to stop making myself worry about like how instant I have to do it. Or if people see that I have right hair, they can see it. And if I want to dye my hair again, then I do that for myself. Not because I feel like I need to. Roxy so. and I are getting vampire facials tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> 
We're like, like, I just want to embrace my, myself. And yeah. Roxy and I are literally going to get vampire facials where you inject your own blood into your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but we're oh, giving wow. it a try. What is like the craziest beauty like treatment that you've ever done? Um, I don't know. I don't, I've always been scared of them, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I'd have to think I got the, la- I mean, they're not, it's not crazy. I got the lash extensions once like eight years ago and they did, they just, they hurt and they didn't, I didn't like it. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think on that. Do you, do you do like the, what do you think about like injections, like Botox and fillers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff? What do you, what is your thought on that? My personal thought is I, I don't want to do that. And I, I don't want, like, I would encourage people to not do that because mm-hmm. I, 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 again, I think it's a thing that we're always going to have to then upkeep and feel like we're, we're not, we don't look good the way that we are. And it's a form of altering that we also don't know how we're going to look in the future. And mm-hmm. I, I have seen a lot of people that I, it makes me sad that they've done that to themselves. But again, to each their own. I can't, I can't be judging what I think on other people. I just know for myself, I, I want to stay away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like my, my grandma, my, my mom and my aunt, they've all been aging beautifully. And I, I want to look normal and, and like that and, and promote that. So that's, that's where I want to go with it. So you're going to, okay. So you're kind of holding fast on that. Do you think your opinion will change the older you get, mm-hmm. like in the more wrinkles you that's get? That's the thing <laughs> That's we can all judge when, you know, when we're not experiencing those things in full effect. And then Mm -hmm. we, I've learned so many times that I've said things and realized, oh gosh, I can't believe I judged about that. And Mm -hmm. until I've experienced it, then I change my mind about something or, or I have a better understanding of why someone does something they do. So Mm -hmm. again, for me right now, and my plan is to not, but Mm -hmm. I also, I don't know fully what that, you know, I haven't experienced it in full effect, so I don't know. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, on the podcast, Women on Top, we play games, and yes. it will not hurt too much. We play Never Have I Ever. Would you like to yes. play that game with us, Miss Colby? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So fun. Never have I ever posted on Instagram something joyful when I was feeling crap. Oh, uh, Wait, so how, do you, how are you supposed to answer it? What is it? So how am I supposed to state it? So I think never, you, you say never. So you say never if you haven't done it. And then if you have. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm, 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 I can bet that I have. Even if I don't, didn't think that I was mm-hmm. doing it in time, I'm sure that there was a form of me. It'll make me feel better if I post this. So yes, I'm sure that I have. It's funny because we always want to post our um, highlight reels even mm-hmm. when we don't feel great. And the problem is then it makes everyone else not feel great because mm-hmm. they think that we're always feeling, feeling so exactly yes, right? th- so perfect all the time, no matter what we're going through. So I think if we, we talk about our truths, I think that's what really connects us and um, what makes yeah. us real and vulnerable and authentic. And I think that's what we need right now, especially especially where the world is. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, all of us need to just Absolutely. post when we feel like crap, okay? Yeah. So every one of my no posts— face to be like vomit. I just had a baby, well, by the way, so I'm covered no, in vomit and crap true. all the time. Mm-hmm. There's like those filters that we all do, and right. I, I've been, I've been going back and forth with it because some days I'm like, you know what, this is what it is. I'm fine showing it, and then some days I'm like. I kind of really just want to put the filter on right now. And mm-hmm. even Justin, he'll, he'll yell at me. He'll be like, did you just put that like little filter on? I'm like, I know I did. He's like, you're, you're promoting other mm-hmm. girls. They're going to think like that, him. that mm-hmm. you know, they, they're the only ones that have that. I'm like, 
you're so right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I even, and, and again, it's this daily battle of like, I go out with no makeup on all the time, but then sometimes, you know, you feel like you need that extra bit of confidence. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say it's always refreshing when I see other people being real, it reminds me, Oh my God, that just made me feel like I'm not alone in this too. And so it makes me want to do that for other people. Nice. So never have I ever not liked a person that I wrote a song with. I don't. Who is it? Is it Jason Mraz <laughs> or Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, we don't like Taylor Swift. No, no just I'm kidding. Just, That's no, not going to be the name I'm, of the I'm, podcast. I'm sure like in a session with someone new, I maybe came out of there being like, ah, I'm not going to write with that person again. But mm. I don't I don't know if it was like. an. Yeah. So. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> never I have I ever been drunk on stage. Ooh. Come on. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. One of us. One of us. Yeah. Yeah. So what would tell us where it was? She's like, um, every time. I I don't remember. I know sometimes like you don't, it sneaks up on you. Like mostly like I have every night I'll have a little hot water with honey and some Jameson whiskey in it, but not too much. I I like like you. Yeah. You love Jameson? Yes. yes. I just love that you're drinking Jameson. (laughs) so great it's my favorite yeah but sometimes you'll have like a meet and greet before or you know a a hang with like industry people and Mm -hmm. so you're drinking before and then slowly you forget and you realize oh my god it's showtime and i don't like the 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 feeling feeling. that i'm at right now is the the lack of control so it's happened a few times but i really try to not let that happen and then it it affects my hearing yeah Yeah, it doesn't affect also your voice too or does it make it better i mean i think i feel like i sound better Maybe it's because I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm like, I think exactly. I sound better because I'm drunk and I probably don't sound better. My pitch goes off when I'm drinking. Yeah, I, honestly, I think it depends per person. I mean, you you probably have less control. Um, and so so that works. But I know, I also know so many, I've heard of so many singers that are just, they drink a ton on stage and it doesn't affect them like that. So it depends how much you can control it, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned you had Jameson backstage. Are there any other fun goodies that you have when you perform that you need to have? Yeah, what's your rider? Backstage? Yeah, what's, what's your, your rider? rider? <laughs> oh Do you have God, to have like so white boring. flowers? We and- are like, we have like raw cashews and <laughs> a veggie tray. And like we have like, we used to have a, a juicer. So but we haven't changed it. So we just now have like raw ginger on our rider, which I reminds me, I need to change that. Um, but no, it's mostly, it's like wine, water and whiskey. And then some like healthy snacks, like avocados. All the W's, wine, water, whiskey. I mean, isn't there, there I, what yeah. else do you need? I would, I would po- pocket everything. <laughs> yeah. I would literally just like ask for, like, you know, like a $500. Like yeah. White, I'd be like, what do I need? Everywhere. Exactly. I'll be like, I need this for my daughter's school. I need some backpacks, like a backpack and <laughs> like some school, school supplies on my yes. rider. And I'd be like, okay, cool. This is what I need for tomorrow. Some takeout, yeah. you know, for later tonight. Exactly. I'd be like, what well, do I need later? And we do that too. It's so funny. We'll just like, we'll pile all our, all of our bags just filled, like filling up with water and all the extra fruits and it's like we're never eating again or something yes. but yet you don't want to waste it really <laughs> totally funny. take it home to my friends okay, okay. speaking never, about speaking about the drinking the problem is like i love what i feel like when i'm drinking but i don't like it the next day uh-huh. so i only drink yeah. like one and a half you know what i mean because yeah. when you have kids 
you can't be hungover. There's no such thing. So, I mean, you can, but it's just, it's Painful. like 10 times worse, <laughs> the hangover. So the minute I had kids, I just stopped really drinking. You drink more as a mother. You just don't drink as much. Yeah, you drink at more the same often. Yeah, you drink more often. <laughs> you just don't drink. Like, you have, like, one and one and a half, like, at breakfast. Yeah. Um, but you don't drink, like, more than three or four, you know? Yeah, spaced out over the well, night. Mm-hmm. After you've you've done that and had to throw up a few times, you don't want to ever get to that state again. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it's stuff that we do when we're younger and then learn from it. Yes. When I was seventeen, I got so drunk I lost my tampon. <laughs> where was it? Oh I God. don't know where it went. Oh I don't know where it went. And we went to the like the, the hospital because like they had to try to find it. I'm not oh joking. God. And I was still a virgin, oh, and they terrible. tried to find it. And they couldn't find it, so it's probably still up there. I totally, I definitely have toxic shock syndrome. Yeah. That's probably my problem. It's like, I always Google, like, what's wrong with me? It's probably because the tampon yeah. was still up there so since I was 17 years old. I don't know. I don't think anyone took it out. Like, my brother picked me up, and I was crying. I couldn't find it. <laughs> don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. So I have lost oh my, my tampon. God. I've lost my tampon. Okay, never have I ever ran away from home. I, I did for one day when I was oh. 17. Did you really? Were you like the angsty teenager that I was like— I lost my tampon and yeah. she ran away. <laughs> right. It's like, you're much cooler than me. Were you like the angsty? Did you rebel? Like, what was that? What was it all about? It, I was—I didn't I didn't like school. Again, back to like me being an introvert. And mm-hmm. I—so I started homeschooling um, after my sophomore year. And mm-hmm. then I, I had a friend that was like, you know, she was kind of trouble— and she was having an issue with her family. And I kind of just went with it, even though my family was great. And so I just went with her for, I mean, it wasn't even a, a full day. It was just overnight. And we literally slept in her parents' van like that she had taken. And I went back home the next morning to my family. And I was embarrassed. And I felt horrible that I put them through that because they didn't deserve that. And, and I never did it again. Are you close to your family now? You said that there was maybe some issues in the beginning. Um, you said there's some addiction in your family. Are you close to them as you've gotten older? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're super close. It's, um, I have one sister and then my parents and I have tons of, um, cousins. Like my mom has a bunch of siblings. And so we're, we're a really close family and, um, they all live in California. Oh, nice. So never have I ever said, I love you without feeling it. (gasps) I say it all the time (laughs) to my husband. Never. Just kidding. (laughs) Never. So you've always meant that. Okay. You've never said it to get a little action in the sheets. I think I have. (laughs) I'll do anything it takes, Roxy. I'm like, if someone will just lay on top of me, I'll tell you whatever you want to (laughs) hear. Oh, my God. I'm a little bit like a man. Um, Yes, Yeah, I don't like to be held. Yeah, yeah. You very much are. She's like, she comes in, gets what she wants, and that's yeah. it. I'm like, my husband wants to snuggle, talk about the experience. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, we, we've we just been, like, hot on top of each other for a long time. Like, I don't want to talk about it. You're like, good night. <laughs> good night. I'm moving on. Okay, should we do one more? Yes, yes, let's hear it. Never have yeah. I ever... Make it a good one. <laughs> are you thinking up on the spot yes, yes. we are amazing like, that's impressive <laughs> thank right? you thank you i bet you've never had a podcast like this one um never have i ever lied to my husband uh yeah for sure <laughs> and was it recently were big lies or little lies yeah like 
Um, She's like, was, I don't want him to hear I mean, this. <laughs> big ish, back, big ish, like back in the day. Oh, you gotta when, tell us. You gotta tell us. Mm-hmm. But I, th- it, I think it was when we were broken up, though. But I still felt like I didn't want him to to know something. So yeah, that I, know I about have. the boy, the other boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know, we know how it goes. I always used exactly, to do that. I always yeah, used to break up and have someone else <laughs> yes. in the wings, didn't you? You have to always always have had a yeah. jump, jump uh, awaiting, over or two. Awaiting, yeah, yeah awaiting in the wings because that you know then you can go, you can kind of take your pick. Then you know, yeah. it's like, do I want to go back with the other guy or do I want to like start something fresh and new? Yeah, I feel like I always had two. Yeah, ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally like, on the this ready. This thing doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. We need to learn how to love ourselves, Roxy. That's that's the problem i know we but we cover our bases you know well colby thank you so much oh my gosh. for taking the colby, time we love you to talk to us you, you can sing to us if you would like to yeah. you guys are fun and i appreciate you and everything wonderful that you said and um Aww. thank you for you know taking the time with me colby will you come back and visit us and like maybe she's like person? sure she's gonna lie she's, she <laughs> yeah, lied to her uh, fiance she's gonna lie to us no. okay <laughs> i think we'd have a really good time um, and actually a couple of my one of my best friends i think would fit in very well with you guys and we would Ooh. we would actually we might be trouble so oh um, yeah we were very uh, nice to you today we, we could have asked some <laughs> harder questions yes but. i know so i'm super excited because oh, tamin and i are going to see you this coming weekend september 13th through the 15th at the kaboo music yes. festival and who knows maybe i'll find my tampon yeah <laughs> maybe that'll be the day oh my god but you better have the jameson ready because <laughs> yes. we will back be back Tampons there with you and jameson. <laughs> yeah. what the more can you want <laughs> and the new video what could have been is coming out so everyone's going to be excited to see that too well thank so. you for uh, fulfilling a childhood dream of mine i will yes. now stick you on my new notebook um <laughs> yeah. and you will replace dean kane Aww. so i'll just put your head where dean kane's head was <laughs> yeah. and it'll just be dean kane's body but you'll I look buff that. so it'll be fun yes a framer yeah. a framer <laughs> a framer <laughs> <laughs> oh we love you colby thank, thank you, you so much. much and we are women on top, top. 